All aboard and welcome to a galaxy far, far away as we are finally getting around to talking about Star Wars Visions Volume 1. We kept threatening we were going to do it. Well, now we're finally doing it. Here on Animation Station, I am, of course, Sparks Witty, joined as uh, infrequently on Animation Station, but uh, happy to be joined by Ryan Eliopoulos. Dank Farrick, am I glad to be here. Ooh, wow. Sorry, I swore in the first minute. Sorry, guys. Uh, and of course, uh, Brandon T. McClure. Don't threaten me with a good time. And uh, yeah, we're going to be going and uh, sharing our thoughts on all nine of the first volume of Star Wars Visions nine before times. the second one comes out, just just in a matter of days from this recording. Ooh. Um, well, it was that that was the inspiration because you know, like uh, I don't know how how we all were in terms of viewing this, but I certainly haven't watched it. Not for lack of lack of wanting to just there's a lot of stuff in the world right and then they they threatened us with the season two and a great trailer well i'm like oh, all right i guess i gotta watch it now and i'm glad i did i i'm always and like <laughs> i'm gonna say this and then i'm gonna immediately have shown how i didn't do it <laughs> um but like i'm always of a mind when things like this come out that like oh man i don't want to like binge watch them yes and so like i'm like i want to like let each one sit on its own so i can think about it and that's what I try and do. And that's what I tried to do, which is why how I did the first three when this first came out. And then the things happen and you forget and you don't go back and all that kind Was of stuff. Was this last year or two years? Two years. Two years? Okay. No. Man. Um, wow. And that's that's what happens is that I just... Uh, then you you fall away and then you end up being like, oh, no, I need to binge it all. Um, and then, oh, no, season two comes out. <laughs> oh, no. Days. Oh, no. These things can't stand on their own. The anymore. good thing is it's not like we had to watch like 12 hours of, a, of an Andor. It was like, oh, like less than three hours of a bunch of cool animated shorts. So, right. you know, couldn't, you know, wasn't the worst thing ever. No, of course. Not. Yeah. yeah. I watched this pretty quickly when it when it came out, but I hadn't revisited it in a while. I I'll be clear. When I say I haven't revisited in a while, I haven't revisited the whole thing in a while because I watch episode three religiously, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I will and I will continue to do so probably. Brandon Brandon gets up in the morning, puts on the twins, goes about his day, gets into bed, puts on the twins. <laughs> and I you're not the, you're not that far off. Twenty minute sizzle, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I knew you had a big passion for the twins, so I thought at, at bare minimum that's worth talking about. But uh, yeah. We'll, we'll dive into all nine. Brandon, where are we starting? We're starting with The Duel. Yes. Uh, directed by Takanobu Mizuno. Written by Takashi Okazaki. Yep. From studio um, Kamikaze Duga. Yes. Yeah. I did yep. it. <laughs> you, you did it. You did it. Um, this is the... I think we've all kind of mentioned this one on the Figner podcast before because like we all kind of caught this one because it was the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, but this is the the very like black and white film Akira, uh, Akira style, like yeah. doing the send up of you know, something that that majorly Star Wars was inspired by. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So I think that it totally belongs and has its place here. Um, I I really do enjoy this one. I think it has a sharp style. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of these like half of them um have like a lot more story and then other them are more like kind of like vibes and this one was definitely more of a vibes one mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it's just you know some really 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 great art some really great action um I wrote the first thing I know was hell yeah a samurai probe droid mech 
because uh, there's a probe droid, and I thought it was just a probe droid with samurai swords, but no, there's a Sebulba ass guy inside driving it like a mech. Right. And I'm like, that's really cool. And he's got a cool Ronin hat on. This is really cool. Very cool. I really, I really love the the kind of feel of this of this episode. Um, I love the black and white film grain that they add um, to it. it you know, it, it, it gives it such a good atmosphere. This is what Ryan's right. This is very much a vibes. The, the atmosphere in this one is they nail it. I do have a slight issue with the animation, only when it's in movement, not in the action scenes, though. Sure. Because there, there's kind of a stiffness, which we talked about before. We've talked about a lot on this kind of 3D style animation. Uh, the, the the human figures are still very stiff. Right. And I think they get away with it, making it so stylized. But there are moments where I'm like, kind of like, okay, well, I can see I was kind of just like a kind of a computer has animated this rather than a person has. Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think that's there. It just, it, it bothers me less in the small amount of time we spend with it it's right. even less frequent in the amount of time that it happens and then you you don't have a lot of humanoid looking people um mm-hmm. you got a lot of aliens and droids and stormtroopers and and that helps um we got an uh, uh, an umbrella lightsaber just, i love that thing yeah, so much very very cool and it's not like um the thing that i love about it is it's not it's not an umbrella saber built that way it is an extension that they put yeah. onto it uh, then they just have a cool lightsaber fight at the end, um, and that's just really inventive. Uh, uh, I love which the, all of these. All these episodes have that kind of stuff. There's there's a moment where like the girl, where like the the Sith girl, she stabs a dude with the umbrella, and then like it fans out, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Oh right. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, um, it's a cool reveal that's like you know this this wandering guy, he's probably a Jedi. Oh, he's got a red lightsaber. Oh no. Right. Yeah. So this one is um this one is super popular. This this one got very popular prior to it. They wrote a they wrote a book. Um a set whole in, ass book. It's set in this uh in this short like in the, wow. the world of this short film. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I was I was I really I really liked it and that's a cool cover too. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Um so like I um so I I, I I kind of went into it the first time I watched it with high hopes. I was like, oh, well, if this got a book and there's so much buzz around this one specifically, then it's going to it's going to really like be awesome. Uh, in fairness, the first time I watched it, I kind of set myself up for failure. But having watched it subsequently, most recently, just this morning, um, it's awesome. It's yeah. really cool. I love the I, action. I have to imagine that the book, uh, kind of like the Peach Momoko, like demon demon world that she built, yeah. Like I think it's I think it's just like using the aesthetic of that world. Like uh, it's like oh, this is a cool Ronin world. Let's just use that entire just, world. Yeah, you just redress uh, a lot of feudal Japan over over yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. doing. Uh, yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I need a, a whole book about that. Right, I'm, I'm curious about it. Here, I would say like, sorry, just real quick. There are other ones here that we'll get to where I'm like, no, I want a book of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I love the astromech, uh, like a little like a little straw hat. Yeah, I do love I do love the hat on the droid. Um, one of my favorite things, it's, it's, it, they're not very prevent, present in this. They're like, you know, a couple of shots, but um, I just think that the Trandoshan that we get. I love looks those really are my cool. favorites. I think they look really cool in this animation style. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like the, the fight on the log. Uh, specifically, this is the only one where I specifically highlighted the music. Um, not to say the music is not good in all of these shorts, because I think it is. But in this one, I really liked... Um, the 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 way the score was highlighting the action specifically no, I mean, when they're when they're fighting mm-hmm. on the log 
no, I made a note of this too, that the music was, was exceptionally good in this one. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that there, there's good music in general across the board, but like this one had a specifically very good score. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not I, the only one who picked up on that. I don't know. Uh, I, I, this is fun. Kyra crystal lore. It wards off evil. That's a fun little thing. They, oh, give, yeah. they give it like a like an Indiana Jones at the end. Uh, like it's a word off evil, even though it's a it's a Kyber crystal. I imagine that like in in the idea of this one is that like they don't step on each other's territories kind mm. of thing. Oh sure. And so like he seeks them out, but like most of them kind of like this is my territory. You don't mm-hmm. interfere. Yeah, yeah. Like very very much drawing it in that way. I dig that. Um, if that is the idea, I did like that as like the little the little sizzle at the end of like the kyber crystals in his coat and so it's like no i i i'm not just like a former sith in general i i hunt down the sith yeah yeah um the reveal I think the most with... interesting sorry just real quick i think one of the most interesting things about that is that we have no reason to believe he is a jedi we have every reason to believe he's at bare minimum former sith mm-hmm. uh which means we never see a jedi in this world which i think is interesting yeah yeah that's a good point i do think because like because, because you know the it's playing with star wars conventions right like yeah. there's a sith girl and a jedi is going to come and fight him and we are following this ronin so clearly it's a jedi um but what i really love about it is the reveal is the reveal even the first time i watched it when he just takes out his lightsaber by the way i adore lightsabers coming out of samurai hills that's incredible every single time yeah um and it's so like when he when he pulls the lightsaber out and the, the glowing red blade and i love aesthetic of red working with black and white um marvel has many comics with this aesthetic um and uh you know werewolf by night did the same thing mm-hmm. um so i love that i love that look of it, it it's just it it works so well as as a reveal and then um and it just kind of brings in this really interesting feel of color to the world mm-hmm. yeah i agree uh i I especially like the reveal of her hair. I just thought the way that it happens like, is oh, really cool. The way that it just like comes out. It's voluminous. Yeah. 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 Just a really good animation moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when the droid comes into the town and just starts wrecking. Yeah. It's firing off. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I think this one's really, really fun. It's, it's got a good story to it. And, the, and I, I really like the, I really like Star Wars visions. It really sets up, sets up what Star Wars visions is going to be right. Like, okay, this is, Star Wars remixed as, uh, you know, in this case, Feudal Japan. How would this kind of look with Star Wars aesthetic and Star Wars kind of stormtroopers and aliens? But through the lens of Feudal Japan, I think it, I think it sets up the whole series quite nicely that you're going to get Star Wars, but not in the way that you're entirely familiar with. And it doesn't, it doesn't start it off way too weird either. It's like, yeah. it's still, you know, the aesthetics, just a little bit of different flavor on top. Yeah. Yeah, and as Sparks mentioned, like it's very much taking influence from what Star Wars took influence from. So it's kind of bringing, it's kind of like pairing Star Wars back to this kind of uh, Kurosawa esque storytelling. Snake eating its own tail. I think one of the reasons it's so popular too is that it's the most palatable to a not anime audience, like a not anime heavy heavy audience. This is still an anime, but it's probably the the furthest away from anime trappings like because they're doing such a direct send-up of kurosawa films it mm-hmm. feels more like a kurosawa film that happens to be animated than it does like traditional anime yeah. uh and i think that makes it more palatable 
and is a good reason why it's the first one mm-hmm. um, to start off with. Because like I forgot until I went through like everything. I'm like, oh no, this is like, like this is like anime. Like all of this is this is so like we were talking about volume two coming out. And I'm like, I'm just I'm I, I like anime, but I'm excited to see like different styles come to Star Wars and from different studios around the world. Yeah. Um. And I forgot like oh no like this whole thing is very much just an anime. It's anime yeah. city up in here. Oh yeah. <laughs> They nailed it, right? Because like they set they set out to be like, okay, we want we want to have these anime studio. We want to give these anime studios carte blanche to do whatever they want with Star Wars. And for the most part, I think they really nailed it. Um, this is exactly what they what they promised. Um, and so far, season two looks to be exactly what they promised. So I'm really excited for that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want one last thing I want to mention about it is that uh, when there's no motion, like no nobody moving, it looks like beautiful black and white painting artwork sure uh that i really just kind of mesmerized myself with yeah i get you um yeah very very much knew knew the flavor of what it was going for and i think nailed it pretty accurately you've seen um, the mandalorian recreating very very typical ronin behavior like especially a wandering ronin story you you have until this pot boils uh to fix my droid like this mm-hmm. yes yeah uh-huh and I love the very, guy very like this character. The, the guy like the, his way of fixing is just closing doors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, things are wrong. Matching <laughs> it. Yeah, I enjoyed oh. this one. This is fun. Yeah, Tatooine Rhapsody. I assume we're going in order. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I just ta- I'm just I was just trying to tee him up for. No, me. I get it. <laughs> tell me, tell me the things. The Tatooine Rhapsody is directed by Taku Kimura, written by Yasumi. Atarashi? Atarashi? I would say Atarashi. Done by Studio Colorado. Yes. Not from Colorado. This one is interesting because I would... (laughs) I would argue that this one is maybe the whole other end of the spectrum of anime from the previous one. I know the twins is in here, but like this is the most like typical anime (laughs) Um, full of the anime trappings and like style and the way that it's constructed which is really funny to me because it's also the one that not only uses characters we actually know by name from star wars but arguably could exist in the star wars story (laughs) this happened right before the movie happens as far as i'm concerned right right like theoretically could like what so like you can kind of fit you, Star Wars Visions operates as kind of like puzzle pieces, and some of them are more jagged than the others, and it can be fit into the Star Wars lore. And this one is like the smoothest of them all, where you could be like, "Yeah, no, conceivably, this happened before a New Hope." This is about a about a Jedi kid who who started who started a band, right? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I really like this one. Um, it is I honestly I like all of these. Like, yes. there's not a one that I dislike. Sure. Uh, so like once we talk about all of them, I'll see which one I like the least, but. I don't know which one it is right now. Uh, like, I, it, I feel like it would be this one, but I'm thinking about it like it's not, just because I love, I love how different it is, and I love that it's about music, and it's not, and it's about a punk band where like it sounds like a real punk band. Like, mm-hmm. if you listen to hardcore punk bands, like the lead singer isn't always great. It's just more about the emotion and like they're just giving their all into it, right. and it's so mm-hmm. fun. There's a force uh, microphone in this. Give me a break. Like a lightsaber microphone, totally cool, totally cool. I love, I love the I, again, love the vibes. I love that this is like Jabba's nephew 
Jabba's relative. He doesn't some, want to be in some, the family. Some hut relative. Yeah. He is he is a hut who just wants to be in a grunge band. Just wants, wants to, rock. to rock. He just wants, just to, wants rock. to rock. I, I, I love that. I love that. Uh when we uh so it's Joseph Gordon Levitt is the lead and the dub for this one. Hmm. Uh he's oh, the kid. Yeah, okay. I should have looked um, at the cast because I know there's a bunch of famous people all over this thing. Is 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 it Morrison back as Boba Fett? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's I what tell. I thought. Yeah. I could definitely tell. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's so fun, man. It's so funny hearing Tamara Morrison coming out of that chibi Boba Fett. I guess <laughs> it's like it's I not love full, chibi. It's not full chibi, but yeah. it's like it's definitely airing in that direction, like yeah. quasi chibi style. I really like the animation in this one. I think it's really stylized and really fun. Um, and uh, it, like you said, like it, it, it's kind of strange that this is also the only one that uses familiar characters that we're aware of because we also will get the actors reprising their roles like Tamara Morrison. And so it feels a little strange to hear, like I said, Tamara Morrison coming out of this version of Boba Fett. It's, I, I really like the premise, like Jabba's nephew, let's call him. Uh, he wants to escape the crime family. Uh, and he gets caught and like the bandmates like, all right, we're going to break him up. But to do so, we got to we're going to perform before his execution. <laughs> and we got to give permission to do so. And they get it. Right. And they rock the house so hard that they're like, one more song. But they're like, yo, Jabba, want to be our sponsor? Because we're going to yeah. be the hottest shit in the galaxy. We're going to be the biggest <laughs> man in the in the galaxy. To the point to the point where like if there's a moment for any reason in a future Star Wars property for someone to be listening to music and it's this song, oh, yeah. I would be like, sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's a bit where we get like you know they're doing their big number and we're like cutting between various parts of Tatooine and we see the jizz band. Yeah, oh yeah, they're loving it. And they're and they're like mildly sweating, like oh shit, we're out. <laughs> yeah. uh, you see Jabba the Hutt like a slap in his tail, having a good time. I, I Boba Fett stomping his foot. Yeah, like, yeah. They Boba, Boba doing the the head bob. Uh, I really like that. I really like music. that animation of Jabba, like just like yeah. lightly tapping his his tail. Music brings people together. It's lovely. Uh, there's a great fight scene, uh, and like the drummer has six arms, and there's a great animated moment where he just like punches six times in a row, spinning around. I'm like, that's like that's like from God of War or that's something. A, that's a really <laughs> cool alien. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if like saber guy? <laughs> because well, because like they have three upper bodies. Yeah. Could you imagine if like only one of them is force sensitive? <laughs> and so like tries to train or at worst two and one's like drawn to be a Jedi. The other's drawn to be a Sith, but they share the same body stuck on you. The other Jedi one's just a person. Yeah. Uh, I think the imagination in this one is uh, really good. I love one of the things I literally like about Star Wars visions in general, which I'll bring up many times is this kind of unshackled vision. No offense. Mm -hmm. No, no unintended yeah. um, that they, that they have to just kind of, do whatever uh and and it and i really really get that here where it's like this one could feel like it exists in this in in the star wars universe we know but there's a dude who's got three bodies attached to one leg and um and, and i just think that like i just really like the idea of a of this kind of grunge band in star wars for some reason like i know it shouldn't i know star wars has a sound but like why not like, really, why not? Well, here's the thing. Since, like, we've had now so many shows where, like, Andor introduced, like, like beach vibe rock. You're and, right. Like, Mandalorian, and Mandalorian had, uh, has stuff. The, like, the weird techno thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that the thing is, like... It's branching out. We have heard diegetic music so rarely in Star Wars, and it's almost always been, like, 
I can buy that to an extent, a planet, because we're being really simplistic, a planet mm-hmm. has a sound. But like the galaxy doesn't have a single sound of music. Yeah. And I can buy that we can have a lot of diverse ideas of music in a galaxy as big as Star Wars. I want yeah. to. When we have as much in our planet. And y'all, no Jedi Survivor spoilers, but music's actually a pretty big part of that game in a way that is really, really exciting. Um, so music is making a, a, making a big impact in Star Wars. Uh, speaking of real quickly, Ryan mentioned this, um, and I want to just highlight once more the lightsaber microphone that that is created from his from his lightsaber, his broken lightsaber. And when he he can turn it on, and it makes a little lightsaber sound effect as it glows, it's incredible. Yeah, I thought he was going to use it in some crazier way, and like I don't mind that he didn't, but I thought like by doing that, he was able to like use the power of the force to like make everyone like listen to him or something crazy and like a big revolution or something like, but it was just a good rock band still. Like it was yeah. just, yeah, it's good times. Yeah. Relax guys, it's just a microphone. <laughs> just a microphone, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. I enjoyed this one quite a lot. <laughs> no, I think it's a lot of fun. I'll, I'll, I'll always follow a story about a Star Wars band. Hell yeah. Mm. Uh, so I guess we should move on to the twins. Uh, yeah. Directed by Hiroyuki Imaishi, written by Hiromi uh, Wakabay- Wakabayashi. Yes. Done by Studio Trigger. Yep. The okay. first of Studio Trigger's um, shorts, because they did two. Right. I'll let you go off, Brandon. Holy shit, I love this one. As <laughs> <laughs> anyone listening to the Figner podcast for the past few years knows. I, I just, I so after I watched Promare for the first time, which is directed by Hiroyuki Imaishi, I went, I was like, I really want to watch Promare again. And I was like, you know, I don't have time to watch a movie and I don't own this movie. I'm going to put on the twins. And I think the twins is an incredible, just 15 minute bite size. You want to know what, what Hiroyuki Maishi is capable of doing? Here's 15 minutes of just everything he does best. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think it's just one of the things I really love about, we talked about when we, when we talked about cyberpunk edge runners, right? This idea that like hope can break the universe. Uh, the 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 rules of the universe do not uh, do do not work as long as you have enough kind of like willpower and hope to succeed. Right. And same thing happened in this happens in the Star Wars universe where it's just like I need to. What do I? I need to. I need to break this Kyber crystal. Okay, we're going to use the hyperdrive to make my lightsaber super big, and it's only going to cut that one thing, and then cut the whole thing, and I'm like. Yes, yes, please. Five more of these. That's anime, baby. It's just, it's just exactly. It, it is my favorite thing that Star Wars has ever created. I'm not saying it's my favorite. Like, this is this is what I want all Star Wars to be. It's just like as a as a content machine that Star Wars is not necessarily a long story. This is just like incredible to me. Yeah, I. I love it as well. I don't love it as much as you, but like it is, it is impossible to say like this isn't incredibly cool and awesome. Um, my favorite is reserved for another one later, um, but um, this one is like just really fun to look at, really insane to look at. Uh, the characters are great. Um, every time you think that they can't get any bigger, like again, you bring up the the biggest sword that cuts a thing in half. It's like yeah. it's basically like the Holdo maneuver, but with a lightsaber. Yes. Uh, and it's just like, and it looks so pretty. And it's like holy, like that wow. shot after, right before, like he completely warps away when like space is starting to warp and oh, the yeah. ship is split in oh. half behind him. And he's just holding the saber. <sighs> it's a good shot. Yeah. yeah. 
the the animation is gorgeous in this one. Um, I I love the animation so much. The um, both characters are are wonderfully well rounded for um, so little time with them. Uh, and one of the things I really appreciate is that you know they kind of use uh, like real quick like exposition through these flashbacks of who these twins are. They were created by the Sith to be the like this. Um, dyad <laughs> if you will in the force um and the, their their suits power this like massive planet destroying weapon that's the most ridiculous thing ever which is just two star destroyers glued together with a giant oh, cylinder. hold on <laughs> you mean the gemini class star destroyer that's powered by their kyber crystal kyber crystal dark armor yeah uh, that's basically just a, a death star but with just two ships that's yeah, yeah. I, if you showed that to me in a movie i would not be mad i would Neither not be mad would but you gotta have twins pot, like oh, running yeah. it because oh, like it's 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 like part of the thing is you gotta have two twins yeah. operating that shit. It's too powerful for one person. I think it's a fun way to like kind of bend all the the lore around like it all the lore around the original trilogy. It's like that's mostly what this pulls from. It's just like the original trilogy. We're just kind of gonna bend around all the all the ideas presented in the original trilogy. There were twins. Uh, we're gonna reinterpret how that would be. You know, there's there's the Empire. We'll reinterpret that. We'll, we'll reinterpret the Death Star. We'll reinterpret uh, how Kyber crystals work um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's all still like aesthetically. It feels like it's driving towards the same end of what the original trilogy captured in spirit. Mm -hmm. um, there's that shot where you come into the ships for the first time and you have the two split rows and then you go down a row. And at first, like it's not what's happening, but it's what it looks like right from a far away distance. It looks like you're watching Kare uh, do the Leia and bend down to the droid. Like it's the same setup yeah. for the yeah. same area of like Leia. So like they're, they're very much like thinking about like, what are the things that are like hallmarks of the original trilogy that he's stealing the planet that that timeless in a way <laughs> yeah. and that's why you still get like landing on the planet with the two suns and uh mm -hmm. that kind of thing all of that is still here uh vader's design split across the two of them i yeah. think is really cool that it's different pieces show up in different ways i really think the humor also lands for me at least um in this one there's uh so neil patrick harris plays uh, plays kari in this mm -hmm. um and he uh he, and he, so he, I think he's really funny. Uh, there's the bit when they're when the droid, I forget the, the droid's name now. Um, Duo. but he, Duo, thank you. Um, when he's just when you know he's beeping, he's like, Oh no, don't worry, we got this, we'll be fine. And the co and the doors up, the blast doors open, and the stormtroopers are like, Okay, you're right. And it just kind of just keeps walking, it's like, Okay, let's just keep going and not worry about this. Uh, it's probably my favorite pun and it, pun and joke in all of the vision shorts is when uh she says where were you going with that and he's like to a galaxy far far away yeah and i'm like well yes. well <laughs> they did it is this the is that the first time this has been used in dialogue in star wars yeah i think so. that's incredible uh yeah i i really i really love um the action at the at the end when they're just fighting on the star destroyer is is, is some of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, we breathe in space. Yeah, exactly. Like and like without their helmets. To to be fair, when they are standing on the ship, that's no different than like the end of Rise of Skywalker. No, it's true. But then he flies like, within into the, the shield into the atmosphere. That's true. Sure. He stays on the outside of the ship and I'm, goes into it, it does, into hyperspace. I'm just making a joke, but I don't actually. No, 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 no. <laughs> but like you're you're totally right. Like once he's on the ship and it warps into hyperspace, I'm like he did. Um, <laughs> he's a bit forward. He's fine. 
Um, yeah, yeah I, I love the uh, one of the things I really like about Hiroyuki Imaishi is that what no matter what I'm watching of his, he, he's going to show me like the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, uh, Gurren Logan, Kill a Kill, Promare, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I'm always just kind of like, what are you going to show me that is going to like change how I view life? Um, and not as extreme, mind you. It's just, it's just like when she's like when she puts the kyber crystal in her and then her armor activates and pulls out the grievous the grievous lasers and then she's got two light two red lightsabers and I'm like this is this is so cool and like it's so 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 one of the things that other things I really like about it is the emotion like when he when she's got the lightsaber whips attached to the new the newly formed lightsaber that Kari has and the the music swells and the smoke clears and I'm like oh shit man like you did it you did it well, and he does the same thing that Imaishi usually likes to do visually, which is that, like, the big thing becomes the representation of willpower, right? So, yeah. like, the kyber crystal channeling through him, the lightsaber gets insanely huge. But because it's powered by his will, he shortens it to the exact right level to yes. bust open the <laughs> other part of the crystal and also then immediately extend and slice the ship. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, it, it's it's really, really cool. Like, it's just, you know, uh, totally, totally bonkers bananas, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a, go ahead. I was just going to say one other thing I want to spotlight that I really like is the evil, the evil C-3PO? protocol droid. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I wrote that down. Oh, yeah. By the way, speaking of breathing in space, he's the only one who gets like a space helmet yes, at the end. Right. Yes. <laughs> he's a droid. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, there's, there's a few, there's a few vision shorts that I looked at and I said, you know what? I would actually not like a series. I don't want 16 episodes of any of these, but like a couple of episodes, like a small little mini series, I think could really be really interesting. And this was the first one, I believe that I re- that I felt like I, I want at least a sequel to this one, because I think there's, it does leave it open-ended to the, and like, you know, a lot of these are leave it like, and then there was more story, but some of these, I, I kind of liked enough where I'm like, I would actually like to follow you into another story. And this one obviously is, is one of them. There is, there is only one that I am like actively like, I hope this gets continued in some way. Uh, And we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that one later. Yeah. I think I know which one it is. I, I have, I will say like in general, very general that we could we can probably break down the specifics but like there there's times where i'm like oh this ending's pretty good like yes it leaves it open-ended but i'm like yeah but it's like you know it's telling you it's giving you the direction of where it's going i'd say that this one can be one of them um but some of them like end in a way where i'm like i feel like you're saying the better story is ahead of where i'm at right Mm -hmm. now and that bums me out a little bit Mm -hmm. like where you would go next would be even better and I'm probably not going to see that. Right. When they first announced Star Wars Visions 2, I thought we were going to, I thought that's what it was going to be, like sequels to some of these shorts plus some new ones thrown in. I didn't, until it was announced, like I prefer what we're getting because I think it's much more creatively freeing. Yeah, but yeah. I was, I was a little surprised that it was, that immediately there wasn't like, oh, let's just get some sequels to some of these. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful. I, I think I, I prefer my shorts to be shorts um, Mm. in a general sense. Like I like that these set up things that are interesting enough that it's like, yeah, I'd want to follow that in the X, Y, Z. But I don't, I don't want to feel like they didn't give me everything that they could with the world that they had at their disposal in that short. And I feel like 
you know, the duel kind of gives me everything I needed. You know, I don't need more out of that. It, it gave me all of the taste. What if of that there was a 300 I, page book? You could <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, I'm not mad about it, but like, I got everything I needed out of that short. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, obviously easily. I got everything I needed out of that yes. short. Um, the twins is I'm a little bit on the fence about, but I would say I got everything I needed out of it. Right. Well, like, I think that the, the obviously I would watch Imaishi do anything with star Wars that he, that he wanted to going forward. Um, because you'd have to have Imaishi doing it. And that would be a challenge all the time. Like you couldn't dedicate a lot of time to it. You're not going to make a whole anime show no. of that world. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, just throw it all, throw it all in the kitchen sink in a single go. And, and like, let's move on because like, yes. it, it make it make, Imaishi's really great when he makes like one great, incredible banger and then moves forward. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I agree. It's just, I like it so much. I, I want to highlight one last thing though, for me, there's a moment. And it's brief, and I love it every single time it happens. When she's got the the kyber crystal powering her suit, and she's and she's got her lightsaber, her six lightsabers, and she's fighting, and then she does like a flip, and her heel becomes a lightsaber, and I'm like, beautiful, beautiful. She's always prepared. The way that the armor can channel the crystal is is it's a cool thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I just like the idea of just a heel a heel lightsaber. If, you, if just should you need it. It's a pretty terrifying idea. Like, what if Vader's suit actually could be powered by a kyber crystal and thus channel the, its power uh -oh. through everything he had? Like a conduit, like, like, like a wizard staff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, how would anybody ever stop him? Um, he would become far too powerful. More than, um, more than we could possibly imagine, I suspect. Uh, yes. Um, I also really like the idea. I know this is also from the expanded universe, but the idea of like twins being pulled between the light and the dark side, or and even so, like twins being born into the dark side and one of them still being called towards the light because yeah. of his because of his love for his sister. It's a cool, that's a cool plot point. And it's a good point that you bring up like that. That's something that really got explored heavily in the expanded universe yeah. because it feels like it should be kind of important to star Wars, but like everything else that we've gotten, that's Canon now Canon. It's kind of just like it's Luke and Leia and then nothing else is really that important when it comes to twins. And I'm like, that is a little odd that we didn't like that. Nothing else has done this story idea of like, no, twins are like a thing. Twins I think, are like an important thing. I think maybe because legends throw that into the dirt, they want to avoid it. Yeah, no, because I like, awesome. <laughs> like the the Han Solo kids, their kids, their kids. Like, there's so many sets of twins in this universe. Like, I think they're maybe sure. like, let's hold off on that. Right. The dyads. There will be twins in the the new story with Ray. I'm sure. Sure. I really, I, I, Helen Mirren. I really want. Oh yeah, I've heard about that too. I really want to see like. Um, I really want to see canon explore it um, because I, I think like Spark said, it is, it is important to, to, to star Wars. Um, but I'm happy to get like this kind of bite sized like, okay, well this is, it's a, I think it's a really nuanced look at this twin dynamic of one being pulled one, one being so staunchly devoted to the, to the dark and one only choosing the light to protect the, her, his sister. I think that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on? Yes. Let's the go. village. The Village Bride, directed by Hitoshi Haga, written by Takahito Onishi. Onishi. Onishi, thank you. Uh, also written by Hitoshi Haga. Uh, he wrote and directed this one. Um, studio is Kinema Citrus. Ooh, oranges. Yeah. I 
really like how unique this one feels. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could have gotten more out of it. Yeah. This I is this is one of the weaker ones for me, only because I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like I got enough of how they were doing something really different for adapting Star Wars. I think for me, I think they took way too much time with like the journey. And I'm yes. just like, I'm not really learning anything new about this world. Like it's a cute interaction between these people, but it's like really pretty. It's a sh- it's this isn't a TV show. This is a, sh- a 15 minute short. This and mm-hmm. half of it is just on a walk. This is one of the ones where when it was over, I was like, I feel like there's probably a better story following this character in this world ahead yeah. of what you just gave me. I wish we could have just started the story like 15 minutes later. Like we don't need the entire journey. You can tell me all that and then them getting to their destination. I don't need all that stuff, honestly. Yeah, yeah it's it's very much like a story. It's very much a story a, a, about getting to the story, if that kind of makes sense. <laughs> and i i don't i don't agree with that with that to be the approach i do like it it's got some good it's got re- i really like the animation and i like the the characters in it um they're they're fun they leave a they leave a mark for the for the little time that were that were in it but by the end of the story the character has the 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 jedi character who is the lead um where she she has an arc of like okay well now i'm gonna go protect the galaxy but it's like okay but that's the story I think we should have been following. Yeah. It's, it's another one where like, it's kind of interesting that we don't see a Sith in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the implication of one. We see a flash of a red lightsaber, like implied in their history. Yeah. But we don't see a Sith. Um, we get cool speed shoes. I do like those. I, I that was pretty hot. A lot uh, more of that. Uh, it, it, I think like. I like your character model also. My familiarity as a white American man who watches a lot of anime and reads manga um, with Japanese storytelling feels like there's a lot of like hitting folklore traditionalism that happens in Japanese storytelling and trying to tell that kind of story with Star Wars. Because like I feel like that's a lot of what like coming into the place and learning about like the the village and the like we've seen that kind of thing happen in dragon ball like classic dragon ball right um and i feel like that's kind of what they wanted to go for and that might just be a a different kind of storytelling that a different culture has a fondness for and i just don't yeah um and it just it just didn't give me as much as i wanted out of it and it definitely made me go like this world is pretty yeah i like it it feels unique but I don't feel like I'm seeing everything I could see. Yeah. Yeah. To to your point, like one of the things I do like about the world is um it's not MAGA. What's it what do they call their version of the force? Oh gosh, I don't remember. This was but but they, they have like a version of the they're they're attuned to their planet very much in the same way that a Jedi is in tune to the force and yeah. implying that it's it is the same thing um the the force and whatever this is they are they are the same thing and i I do really like that kind of um there's a line that that she has um i wonder if i wrote this line down i don't think i i didn't um but it's she's like you know um whatever this thing is and then may the force be with you like she's saying both to acknowledge both and then she then she goes into the fight after she takes off her mask which is a sweet ass mask um, so I, I do, I do really like that, uh, that kind of aspect of it. And I kind of, I kind of feel like if this was just an exploration of that, there's, there's just kind of more here, but dedicating so much of the story to 
this village bride, as it were, um, just kind of kind of takes the wind out of its sails. Yeah. Um, the bad guys had a Millennium Falcon ship, and that was cool. I like seeing cool. bad, yeah, bad guys Falcon have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and an interesting, like, dot battle droids again. I thought that was fun. Um, yeah. I like the uh, old dude with the sniper rifle, and he threw his yeah. helmet and became a rocket. It's so good. I love when he throws his helmet. I love yeah. the battle droids being like, whoa, it's coming. Oh, <laughs> what is it? What's it going to do? It did nothing. Where? <laughs> like, <laughs> battle droid humor is always, always kind of a plus for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, we talked about her shoes. Her shoes are great. I I don't have a lot else to say about it. I had little notes on this one. Yeah, Man. I just I just I felt how there was something unique about this, and I just oh. don't feel like we went far enough. Ooh, I will say I did like the kind of like gotcha uh, in the beginning when um, he's like messing with the electronics, and then he pulls up what looks like a lightsaber. And then he flicks the switch and it like branches out into like the little like scanning device yeah, thing yeah. Mm. Uh, that's attached to his thing. And I'm like, good fake out. Good fake out. I really love her saber. Um, I like her saber design. Um, yeah. I think that's cool. Um, and yeah, there's really not much more I want to add about this one. Um, yeah, I did like it, though. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those times where you're like, I feel like there's more potential than what I got on the bone yeah. here. Sure. So then let's move on to the ninth Jedi. Oh, yeah, baby. Directed by Kenji Kamiyama, written by Ken, written and directed by Kenji Kamiyama. Um, production IG is the studio. Yes. Uh, this one's very cool. This one's my favorite by far. Uh yeah. It might be mine as well. This is this is uh, not just my favorite. Like this is this is like I as we were watching it, I'm like, God, I wish this, this was what the Force Awakens was, because this is giving oh. us exactly what that thing is. It is giving us a new perspective. Uh, it's so far in the future where things are mysterious. It's not just 20 years in the future or whatever. Uh, but we are getting the things that are familiar. We are getting things that are so very different. Everything is different but familiar, uh, and that is the type of like remake reboot thing that I that I wanted, and I love the Force Awakens. But like it is, it is very Star Wars. You know what you know what it is. Yeah. This is like, man. This is the future. This is the you know two hundred years in, in the future comic book that I would read. Like I fell in love with this from the get go. I think it's beautifully animated. It has such a like respect and love for like what the Force is and what lightsabers are. Uh, it just feels it feels like the most like complete story. And these are all short things, but like this feels like a complete thing that I want to know more of. This like was the most complete package for me of all sure. of them. Um, I'll, I'll speak to some of what Ryan was just saying, which is that like, because we were watching it together and, and sharing the same thoughts, like force awakens, like just to quickly paint that picture parallel. Like, can you imagine if our main girl here was how we were introduced to Ray as like this daughter of a saber Smith and the Jedi are like long, you know, forgotten. And it's, it's all part of this setup same kind of deal like there there's a person luring them there and you can even have some of them have been like former members of luke's jedi order but luke's like no longer part of the picture as far as they're concerned yeah and then it turns out that your guy who's inside the droid that's luke and luke knew that the sith were gathering this is how he lures them out and some of them get away and that's that's the sith you're dealing with for the next trilogy and i'm like man that would be nuts that that would just be yeah, nuts. that reveal of them all being <laughs> all being sith of uh, sith with red lightsabers was it was incredible. Incredible. Didn't expect it. Love uh, it. Immediately when she has like the lightsaber that can't like quite form its shape and color, I was like, oh, look at Ray from nowhere. Like yeah. what a what a good like visual parallel that would have been. Yeah. 
You're absolutely right. Now that you said that, I can totally see it. And I want it. This is my second favorite. Um, yeah. I really like this one. I one of the, the thing that I that I really, really, really adore about this one is the lightsaber lore. I look, I love kyber crystals. I'm glad that every everybody and their mother talks about kyber crystals now. They're everywhere in Star Wars New Canon, fine. But I really like the idea because this is this was my head canon back before I knew what a kyber crystal was, that whatever your alignment in the force was, was how your lightsaber blade was chosen for you. Right. And so when I see this and I'm like, Oh, right. This, this is really cool because we don't know that they're Sith because they, they didn't hold the other lightsaber. The the guy who's clearly a Jedi holds his lightsaber, holds the lightsaber. And they are obviously they're revealed to be Sith because they're, they're going to give up the game at the moment, but like the such a good reveal of, of their lightsabers are red because that's their alignment. They didn't have to bleed a kyber crystal. That's just w- how they have aligned in the force. Right. And there's there's the one guy, H- uh, Ham- Hamu? Uh, uh, I don't remember. Hamu? Hamu? Uh, yeah, I he's think a, so. He's a big boy. Where he he's fighting with the Sith, and then when all the Sith are gone, his lightsaber changes color. Yeah. And, and to to his alignment. And then our hero guy is like, Homan. I can I Homan. Homan. I can Homan. sense it in you, Homan. Like there's still good in you. Like you this doesn't have to happen. And I'm like, oh my god, you you literally see it happen in front of you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is such a brilliant idea. The, the transition, the visual transition of both her saber becoming green, like from its disparity into a full green saber, and his oh. shifting from the red to the purple. If you're watching as like more of the Sith go away, it's like slowly changing. Yeah. I was like, dang, this is so cool. No, you're you're absolutely right. Like what they decided to do with like let's bend the rules on what we can do with lightsaber lore. And like you can you can even still leave it in the world of Star Wars, like if you really want to, because like they say it's specifically a thing that the Sabersmith makes. Yeah. That yeah. makes it reactive. And that's such an incredibly cool idea. And it does set up like genius reveal. Just just mm-hmm. incredible when they all ignite and they're all red because they're in Jedi trappings. You expect them to be Jedi. And the guy you have no reason to think this is false. And the guy who brought them all together is like a evil looking robot man. Yeah. So of course you're already what your brain does is like that's the bad guy. These are the good guys. Like I know what's gonna happen. Right. And like then a cool dude pops out of there. <laughs> and then he pops out of his droid. <laughs> the action is great. And I wanna real quickly highlight just more things of the saber because this is the thing I really gravitated towards most for this is the saber lore. Um the the young girl, our, our lead when she holds her saber and it's not quite formed yet, it's the, the size isn't the same, it, it, it keeps fluctuating in size, it doesn't have a color. I love that look so much of just kind of this translucent lightsaber that still can function as a lightsaber. It's just she is not strong in the force yet. And her arc of learn of like becoming strong with the light side of the force as it and being showcased through that saber is so brilliant. It's yes. so brilliant. And I love again, like the, it being so far in the future that like none of these people have like, they, they don't know, they haven't like seen a lightsaber or touched one in a while. So like the, the thing that I love about it is like, I wrote in my notes, like they are in awe of the lightsaber the first time that they see it. Like they mm-hmm. revere it. And again, you, you're still thinking these are good guys. It's like when that moment happens, it's like, Oh my God, no, he built all those lightsabers for you. There was a lot of things in visions that I kind of wish were just canon, but not like not necessarily like storylines, but like th- thematically that I wish were 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 in canon. And this is one of them. I mean, this might I be the biggest one. Sure, as, as far as I'm concerned, like this is you know <laughs> centuries down the line. Yeah. Uh, no, this but is I, Star Wars. But I, what I mean to say is like as far as like the lightsaber lore of the the blade being the color of the alignment rather than the color of the crystal. 
that's and the bleeding crystal i never really i think you can get some interesting stuff out of the bleeding crystal scenes but i never really gravitated towards it as like a as like a thing how far uh, are you in survivor brandon <laughs> oh not very far okay okay then you haven't hit the point about a, a crystal thing yet okay um but like because like vader so darth vader this darth vader comic real quick just to finish my thought the darth vader comic when he goes to find his new saber so you know he bleeds the kyber crystal and i'm like this is cool and this is whatever it's just i i like it fine and i'm fine with it being a canon but i prefer this and i wish this was the canon i i'm pretty much agree with you i think mainly because like what you just gave is the same example I would have given, which is like the prime example about bleeding a kyber crystal. And then otherwise we, we don't get a lot of that story from our main characters. We don't see it in any of the animated shows or in the films. So mm-hmm. like it hasn't happened in a visual language way outside of comics. And I like that Darth Vader sequence a lot. I think it's a, I think the most important part of that is that like, in the bid for the kyber crystal to keep him on the light side, it shows him the vision of him like going to Obi-Wan and saying he's sorry and and giving up his life. And then, you know, Anakin responding with, hell no, I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> like it, it makes like the rage of who how he turns from Anakin to Vader feel like how you had to commit to it, what you had to, what choices you have to make. Like it makes it visually very strong, but because that's like the only time we have to point to where like the bleeding of a Kyber crystal is a really prevalent thing. Like I would kill for us to at some point get a tales of the Jedi story of how Dooku got his, like how did he bleed a crystal? What did that do to him? Knowing like how conflicted, especially him, especially him was about his decision to go to the Sith. Like there's, yeah, there's a ahead. Kylo there's a Kylo Ren comic where Kylo bleeds a crystal and I'm like okay but I kind of wish that was in the movie. Like right. I know that he is I know that he is already Knights of Ren or Sith or whatever they were called they, they want to call him. Uh in by the time we get to Force Awakens but like I would have liked to have seen like if you're going to make bleeding a crystal so important to the canon show it in a movie. Right. Like I want to see that. I want to see it. Yeah, I I agree or at bare minimum like I want to see it in an animated show by now. What yeah. about a video game, guys? Well, a video game, a video game will, <laughs> video will make me feel pretty good. Well, I'll keep playing Jedi Survivor to find out. Cool. Um, but I but I agree with you. Like this idea, this idea is cool. And I wouldn't even mind if like they found a way to work it into Star Wars at this yeah. point. Where like down the road, again, like this idea it's, it's Star Wars, it. and I'll just and I'll accept that, like, oh yeah, we got this guy who like makes the makes it so that the kyber crystal is reactive to the way that the person who's wielding it is attuned to the force and then be like, that's it. That's the answer. And I'm like, wow, cool. Um, So this one particular person knows how to make great lightsabers. (laughs) Like that's, that's all you need. Um, Getting back to like specifically the short real quick, unless you had something you specifically want to talk about in there. I was just going to get back to the short. Also, I just wanted to say that this speaking, because we're speaking of this kind of, this kind of lightsaber idea. I really like when the, when uh, the guy comes out of the out of the droid and he takes a lightsaber and turns it green, yeah, uh, just by holding it, awesome. And I really like the the swirl that he's got on it. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that everything the lightsaber lore is like really really tasty in the short, but then everything else around it is also yeah. so good. There's that some, it just uh, elevates the material. The action scene in the chase is so good. Yes, um, mm-hmm. I just love it. It's it's incredible looking animation. Um, it's fast, it's fun. It feels like 
it really like you're, you're right it feels like just like that feeling to be honest with you it feels like that feeling you get when you first saw force awakens for the first time and you're yes. like oh this is all wild and new what's gonna happen and like it had that same like whoa what's going on kind of vibe to it um and i really really like that and it's also this is one of the longer ones too yeah this yeah. one i think this one was a 25 minute one i'm like i could use another five baby. uh the the music this is the other one where i would spot like the music was oh yeah especially good uh there's some droids in here who are drinking tea never seen those no, before. one droid great. drinking tea and the others are just like wow oh yeah. they're like <laughs> drunk asleep <laughs> <laughs> um the uh this one um by the way is the is the one that i felt most was begging is not the right word but very clearly like follow us into the next adventure we know you want it yes and i'm like yes i do what 100 yeah. and in a way where like i wasn't mad about it because i loved this short so much but i was definitely yeah. like nah like you gotta tell me the next story now my friend <laughs> uh yes. you have unlocked what is for my head canon at the moment the very far future of Star episode Wars. 10 for as far as i'm concerned yeah. yeah and i because i really like how it i really like how it ends this this the short is very well constructed it's very well paced it's very well done um and i and we're like it, it very much feel, have the same feeling of the village bride but for different reasons like for the village bride i was like okay well i didn't really get a lot here so get tell me the next story where here i'm like i got a lot here and you set up a sequel that i really do want to see yeah, yeah, like you want you want to see her go get her dad and that. Yes. Kind of, yeah, exactly. No, it's it does feel like, man, that's right there. Like, go, go tell me, go tell me the next story, please. Um, this is one of the ones where I'm like, I don't need a whole series, but like I could do a mini series. So they send down these Jedi hunters to the planet. And when they come down, they come down in what I can only describe as what looks like a flying tank. Oh, yeah. Like by our standards, it looks like something out of Gundam. Mm -hmm. um like yeah. it just like is a tank that just like flies on down and i was like okay i'm like i'm way about like let's just get really weird with where our designs are at this point um yeah i want to highlight i want to highlight one last thing which is that as uh the the kind of bookends of like okay well we had the we had the introduction and then we zoom into the to the to the to the kind of space station and we we like kind of like uh, turn it but when we end it and we turn it back and it's revealed that it's just been a lightsaber the whole time yeah brilliant yeah it's really good um yeah. banger 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 it's a 10 out of 10 for sure uh i i really really love this one i love that um there's this energy like I mean, even though i didn't jump i did not see the twist coming but i will say that there was like this weird vibe of like you could feel that all the Jedi in that room, the Jedi who are actually the Sith, um, they were really like, like there's this obsession with getting their hands on a lightsaber. Like yeah. the lightsaber is the, the finite thing that makes you like what you are. And I'm like, that's never, I feel like that's so much not what the force has ever been about. It's yeah. one of the things that I felt running through visions in general is like most of them have a very strong like idea of, what it means to wield a lightsaber. I do think that this ties in a lot to just like go all the way back to the duel, like doing the Kurosawa stuff. Like one of the things they're most directly drawn towards in looking at like Japanese folklore and how Japanese folklore influenced Star Wars because of Kurosawa is like the lightsaber is really important. So the yeah. lightsaber feels like it's very important in pretty much every story except for one mm -hmm. in all of these Vision Volume One stories. And I feel like sometimes not in any way where it makes like any of the shorts particularly bad for this, but like it does feel like it gets further away from like, what is the force without a lightsaber? Yes. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel like this the original one, trilogy has very little lightsabers. Well, and yeah. I feel like this one rides that line of like the lightsabers are unique, but like it's also part of the point of like all the all these guys who have been so focused on getting the lightsaber, like they all go down. Mm -hmm. They all go down relatively quickly. Like they are not no training. They are not in tune with the force. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that is that is embedded there, even if they're not directly saying it in words in the short, is that the force is not some just the ability to wield the lightsaber. I think it does help that they are Sith and that's what they think they need. Right. They I think I do they too. need the power of a lightsaber. I do too. Yeah. I think that's that's an important aspect of it as well. But like just that that like the the lightsaber is not the only thing it's put on that defines your connection to the force and, uh, yeah. and i feel like this most directly tackled it by tackling lightsaber so much it kind of left open the door of like there's so much more to it than than just this lightsaber no, I, I really i really want more of this. this one like i love the twins i would love to get a sequel to the twins this is the one where i'm like craving more to the story um right. this is this is um this is the one the the we first see the force lightning right in the in these shorts. Ooh, we see it a couple times. Good, it, different question. colors too. But is this the first time we've seen it? No, we saw force lightning in the twins. Yeah, the twins. Oh, sure. you're right, the twins. Um, so but in this one, it's it's used as kind of like um, you know, it's used because he's angry, right? And he doesn't know how to control it, and right. so he's like he's. His attunement to the force is to the dark side, but it's unstable. This in is a way exactly that. that. That's exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's exactly fitting into the point I'm mm -hmm. making, which is like, you know, the the lightsaber is one thing, but the force is more. Yeah. Um, God, when he gets knocked onto the onto the oh. the piece and burns up, it's so gnarly. So good. Gosh, yeah, I loved it. I loved this. I loved this story. I also like the reveal of Homan being like, "Homan, you're not like this," and he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> you're right." You're right. <laughs> I was being, I was being affected by the dark side. The homies, the they got me. Yeah. And then we'll, and then we go off into another adventure. Now, look, it's been two years, and it's unlikely we're going to get that other adventure, but I really hope we do. I'm just saying, of all the ones to get a book, I feel like it should be. This it one. shouldn't have been the one that felt just like a nice little duel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the that's my kind of issue with the book for for it because like. I'm sure they did it because they wanted to capitalize on the initial in, uh, uh, the initial excitement for the visions was the duel. And people were like, oh, that looks so cool. I want to see that. So they wrote the book to capitalize on that. But the problem with that is after I'm done with the duel, I don't want to go back to that story. I don't want to see more in that world, not instinctively. Yeah. But I I really wish they had waited before creating supplementary material because then they could have seen like, oh, actually the ninth Jedi is the one that we should make more to, for. To be honest, it bums me out that I feel like I didn't hear a lot about the ninth Jedi when this came out. No. And mm. like, I do feel like there's an amount of the majority of the Star Wars audience on Disney Plus probably didn't watch enough of Visions to get deep enough to see this one, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, that feels very real. Like, that they probably tapped out around the twins. Like... <laughs> yeah, I think that's... Average. That's kind of the thing of like, I was always concerned that we wouldn't get more visions because it didn't do very well. I mean, it, it just didn't because the, the audience, the Disney plus star Wars audience, as Spark said, is absolutely correct. Like they're not anime watchers. The, 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 the Venn diagram doesn't overlap very much. Well, uh, well, even if you are like, let's say you got all the way to the twins and you enjoyed everything you saw, you get hit with the village bride. After the village that. That bride might kill your steam. Yeah, yeah. Let's, like like being honest, like we're not that big fans of it. If you are not someone who enjoys anime on the regular, or or is open to it, then I can see where that just kind of truncates your journey in visions, and yeah. so you don't get to this point. You don't get to this really cool idea. I do wonder if this had done better 
because there just wasn't an, there was just was not a lot of buzz for Visions when it first came out. I do wonder if this had done better. Would this volume two that's coming out look different? And I wonder how much of volume two being from all sorts of different countries and making that kind of the the draw in creating countries with well liked animated shows that have done very well in America. Um, working on visions, I wonder if that is a response to visions one not doing as well. I I think it's possible. I think there probably was always a desire to expand it beyond just the anime studios of Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that they're doing that. Like I know there's a whole section of people who love animation who like they might not watch all of Visions Volume Two, but they're gonna watch the one by the studio that made Wolfwalkers. Like they're gonna watch that one um, because they love that animation, they love that studio. And so I, I do think like it's good. You're only going to get more people open to branching in that direction and doing that with Visions Volume Two will open the door to people being like, okay, I might not be immediately crazy about the anime style of animation in Visions Volume One, but maybe I can be picky and choosy and see what kind of stories there might have appealed to me. Yeah. Right. And that might lead them to like two B one or Tatooine Rhapsody instead. But like wherever they land, I think it's always good to just like diversify what animation can mean because I think far too often people who don't want to spend a lot of time with animation becomes very narrow in like what it's what is possible that's true yeah. that's the kind of content um, you get here on animation station hey the ninth jedi is great it's true <laughs> all of it um all right so should we move on to tob1 toby uh, directed by abel gongora written by yuichiro hito studio is science saru yeah what if like Mega man in star wars I was thinking Astro Boy, but yeah, Mega Man works better. They're, they're essentially the same in the in the context of what we're saying here. Sure. Uh, I go to I go to yeah, they're essentially the same. <laughs> Mega Man like inspired by Astro Boy, so they're both, yeah, yeah. They're, they're literally both have yeah. old guys with mustache. Yeah, we're talking we're mm-hmm. talking like Zoro and Robin Hood to Batman here. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, I I really like the I think this one's charming. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I really really like the animation style. I specifically like it when he's doing his the daydream part yes, yes. his childhood mm-hmm. imagination of like i'm a jedi and i'm like well that looks exactly what like everyone's childhood imagination yeah. of i'm a jedi is nonsensically running through space <laughs> waving your lightsaber battling ships <laughs> like <laughs> all the trappings are there uh space doesn't really make sense and that's okay because that's how it looks uh, i wrote uh, my first thought was i love all the tiny cute robots he just has a gaggle of little robot friends and some of them get more weighted yeah yeah, I did too. I really like the animation to this one. Um, the, I really like the idea of a droid becoming a Jedi, mm-hmm. which is not something we'll see, uh, probably ever see explored in Star Wars. Well, I wouldn't say ever. It might be a while, but we not might see it. Soon. Yeah, um, I won't. Say, I, I won't say never because Star Wars will go on for a really long time, and eventually they'll probably loop around to it. I think um, it, I think we're we're every day. I think we get closer to a, a honest discussion about droid sentience and what that means in Star Wars. Just inching a little bit uh, every every year, a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, oh my god! If you wanted to do that through a droid Jedi, I'd be so into that. I'm I'm I a hundred percent believe that's what happens because like anyone who like let's say if these conversations have happened in star wars before and they're always like yeah but they're droids the moment a droid can use the force yeah changes the entire conversation i've seen general grievous kill a couple jedi before not like they can't do it they're not they're not they're capable well but he's 
he's not a, a, he's a, he's a cyborg. cyborg. Sorry, a cyborg. But he also doesn't use the force. He no also does no, use no, the force. I'm saying like droids are capable. Still. But that's the thing. It's like it's something that like by definition can't have midichlorians in it yeah. is able to use the force. It would also go to show, man, like, man, we don't know everything we know about science. Who's going to be the robot Jesus? That's going to be really <laughs> yeah. funny. The one guy who, the little, the pit droid who could. Uh, and I, so I, I really, I really like his design, Tob One. I think he, I think he's a good design. Um, and I, I like, I, I like this idea of a droid dreaming about being a Jedi and being able to become one is really endearing and. Uh, something that I just, I just really, I really like to see. Again, that goes back to, that goes back to the kind of imagination that Visions is allowed to play with. Yes, a hundred percent. I think specifically, like, this is just charming and cute to begin with, but like the style is so colorful and it looks so good when it's in motion. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the action scenes and then just like fast movement, like it just, it all looks so really pretty like they didn't get too detailed but they got the right amount of detail in the right Mm. places that it just really really stands out and pops off the screen so i really just it's a visual treat Mm -hmm. um in a different way but a similar way if that sentence makes any sense to the twins yeah like it's not doing the same contextual style of the twins but in the same way that the twins pops off the screen this pops off the screen yeah i agree with that um we also what? get an inquisitor in this in this in the short. Um, hell yeah! Looks one of cool. my one of my favorite things about this is that having a droid Jedi means that the droid can combine with other droids like CO three, and then yeah. have like a mech armor and a jetpack. That can like, I have a that. and I'm like, yo, okay, let's go. Mecha anime. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm into it. Um, the uh, the guy who made him the what. Uh, we learned was a Jedi and I really oh, Jedi. we've been talking for a long time about Mace Windu using the force without any hands and to get it in this character was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I somehow missed the beginning part of the episode where he didn't have, he didn't have arms, but then he did a cool force push with just his sleeves. And I'm like, Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I really liked it. I kind of wish really we got to see the fight. fight. It's a good fight. I also really like, I think it's really cute and how he, uh, first thing, rather than chasing revenge, he dedicates himself to fulfilling the dream um, mm-hmm. and restoring life to the planet, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Um, the the reveal is pretty heavy-handed to say that this is modeled, at least, after this man's old Padawan, Toby. Uh, right. Uh, I find that very sweet. It's a it's an idea that you don't really need to put in this short, but it just kind of adds an extra level of emotionality to it. Um, That this kid is, that this droid is basically the reincarnation of this Padawan. That's kind of what, that also explains why he's dreams about being a Jedi, why he looks that way he does when he's a Jedi. I'm a real Uh, Jedi. I like that. Yeah. Ditto. Trito. All right. Move on to the Elder. Let's do it. The Eldar. Written and directed by Machiko Atsuka. And this um, is the... Masahiko. Masahiko, thank you. Um, oh yeah, that is an A. Um, <laughs> Masahiko. Um, then this is this is the uh, second short by Studio, Tri- by Studio Trigger. Right. Um, Studio Trigger is very good at doing animation in general. That's very true. I 
find this the second weakest. I mm, like it's just about agree. the village bride. Um, it's way too talky. Yeah. I and like not in a way that's giving me any effort. I think the worst thing about it is that it's very talky and in a way where I'm like, this feels like conversations I've read in a comic book about Star Wars stuff. Like, like mm. I've watched Jedi's have this conversation. It's just like generic, like the most generic, like a guy in his Padawan having a conversation. Like it's, I, it, it lasted so long. And by the time I got to the fight, like the fight didn't last long enough for me. And I'm just like, man, trigger, like at least it looks nice, I guess. <laughs> hey, it brings back rain steam on lightsabers. I and I love that. <laughs> I love rain steam. Big fan of the steam on the rain. Love it. Uh, uh the Qui-Gon lookalike is David Harbour. Sure. Oh, okay. I hear that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't think it, for me, is the second weakest. I might say it's... Well, maybe. Maybe. Um, I'd have to really think about it. I, um... Yeah, I, I... This this one's really interestingly paced, and I don't mean interestingly as a, as a good thing. It's just kind yeah. of really... I would it, say it's the, paced. It, it grinds itself to a halt for no reason. And it, it, I think it's meant to be like this kind of like thinking, this kind of think Jedi piece of uh, this, what this master is teaching this Padawan. And I'm endeared towards this master because he looks like Qui-Gon. <laughs> he looks like, like anime Qui-Gon. Sure, um, right. So I do like this character, this character model specifically. And sure. so I'm kind of like, okay, well I'm, I'm kind of vibing with what you're giving me here, but also to Sparks's point, rightfully so you're not really giving me anything I haven't seen already. The, the problem is like, this is an anime that I've seen before in terms of like really taking its time, standing around slow with the characters so that they give me a lot of exposition about the world and what's going on. The problem is that I'm not familiar with the worlds where that anime happens and does that. I am familiar with the world of Star Wars and there's not a lot of difference between this version of the world and the one that I watch most of the time. So yeah. like this is this is the problem is that it doesn't have the unique flavor that a lot of them do, including the Village Bride, to warrant this amount of expositional time. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just kind of bored for a decent chunk of it. Um, I, I do think like like the action fight like the Padawan fight's not really a fight because he gets his ass kicked but like the fight with 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 anime Qui-Gon it's fine it's cool I like the idea of like this Sith Lord who's just so old like he he's not as powerful as he used to be so he that's how he gets defeated I, I think that's a cool idea I will say it's maybe one of my favorite like put it in a different package I do like the Jedi lesson which is that like you tell me a story about Jedi and Padawan and like the lesson they learned from this is that like um, the reason I couldn't beat him is because he was, he was weak because he's old because yeah. power isn't permanent. So he's like, so power isn't important. It's like, no power is important. Just know it's not permanent. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a really good, that's a really good lesson to give a Jedi Padawan. I like that specific idea in this story is a very good Jedi to Padawan lesson. Um, just like way too long to tell it and not as interestingly given. No, not unlimited power in this one. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things I do like about it that I want to say. I really like, I, I, I like Katana Sith blades or just Katana lightsaber blades. I think they look awesome. So this has two of them and I'm happy about that. Sure. And I like how the master kills the Sith. With this is kind of this fake out and then like goes in and then yeah. turns on the lightsaber. I think that's pretty cool. It felt like uh, <laughs> the reverse of 
Qui-Gon and Darth Maul because he's very much Qui-Gon modeled, right? Yeah. So instead of the even, like hit, he even the stands hit like Qui-Gon. Huh? Yeah. He even stands like Qui-Gon. Yeah, instead of the hit up that goes for the stomach uh, to kill him, like he does like a fake out to get in there and do the same to get in there. this guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I think you guys are absolutely right about this one. It's not. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot about this one to say. Yeah, it, it, took, it took like again, like I don't mind like a full dialogue episode, but like it has to be interesting. Yeah. Like, it's not something I've heard a hundred times in other Jedi stories before. Uh, move on to Lop and Ocho. Hell yeah. Yeah! Directed by Yuki Igarashi. Mm, Igarashi? Igarashi? Yeah, I- Igarashi. Yep. Written by... Uh, S- no, I got I got nothing with this one. Say- Sayawaka? Sayawaka. Sayawaka, thank you. Uh, studio uh, is... Yuki Igarashi directed, right? Okay, yeah, you said written twice at first, so I just wanted to... I bet. No, it's okay. You were trying to focus on the names. I get it. Uh, studio is Gino Studio. Yeah. Geno Studio. Yeah. This is uh, the Ghost in the Shell uh, crew. Yeah. Um, I This is probably my second favorite one behind uh, the Ninth Sister. Ninth, Ninth Sister, Ninth, Ninth Jedi. Jedi. Uh, uh, man, again, this is just like another perfect... This is a full package story. I This has probably my favorite like story out of all of them. Uh, I think it has like, like I love like the stuff in the lore of the Ninth Sister, but I think like the character stuff is the strongest in this with Lop and Ocho. Like the, the, the sister stuff with Ocho, her turning to the bad side, I love it. I love it. And she keeps getting eviler. Like she gets the white outfit and she cuts her hair. Like I love it. I love it. gets real dramatic and Let's... puts blood on her eyes. Oh, her it's awesome. It's so metal. Uh, I just think I just think it's really cool. And having like a cool bunny lady, like an anime bunny lady as your lead, uh, is really cool. The accent's great. It, like uh, again, this is like another full package one for me. Hey, I love anytime you're willing to put a scouter in Star Wars. Oh yeah. So I will put this at third. And like I want to I want to be very clear about my love for the twins. Like it is if it was directed by anyone else other than Hiroki Imaishi, that that short would not work as well as well yeah. as much for me. Of course, um, as as most things that yeah. have Imaishi behind it. Like it, it is very much working toward like that that short is working towards a sensibility that I am that I am enamored with. Yeah. Um but this would be my third favorite after the ninth Jedi. And honestly, like it could be interchangeable. Like I like the ninth Jedi a lot and I like this one a lot. And they could just like switch it depending on what I, depending on which one I'm in the mood for. Like, Look, I like I'm, I'm, in, I'm in full agreement that this, this and the ninth Jedi and the twins are all in my upper three for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, like it's, this one is very, very good. This one does, however, suffer from the problem where like when it ended, I don't mind a, a grim ending and we'll get into that with the next one. Um, but like, what does bum me out is that I'm like, again, this is one of those situations where I'm like, I'm very confident I'll never see any more of this. Yeah. Tell me the whole story about these sisters. Like, you're a short. Just take me through the whole story. You know, give me everything you got. Um, yeah. And when when it ended with her, like, rising up on the ship and then flying away, I was like, that's not quite as satisfying as I want it to be for a short. Yeah. She's a lot. It's like a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the first mention of Dang Farrick. I, lo- I just love I love fake Star Wars swear yeah. words. Yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, I think I wrote this down. I wrote crispy, and that means crispy animation. All of these shorts are incredible looking. In terms of just pure two D animation, I think this is the <clears throat> best one. I think with Lop, the way she's able, she's moving around. Uh, it is so fluid. It is so crisp. 
oh my gosh, it's like a Pringle, you guys. I love it. I think this looks just incredible. Uh, you already mentioned the scouter. Uh, I just love, I'm not a big fan of like, you know, like like furries, animal, like, oh, you know, that's I can give or take it, but like a lot for some reason, it's like, I really connected with it. I like her vibe. I like her energy. Uh, again, I like the stuff with her sister, like it's the type of thing where like, that is a real, that is a real ass thing. Like if you're in an underdeveloped place and this big country is coming, Hey, they're going to come help us. They're going to save us from poverty. You know, they, I don't know. They're the bad guys, but they're here. They say they want to help us. Of course we need help. I'm going to take their help. That's a, a realistic, believable thing. I get that. Right. Um, they just don't know that it's, it's an evil fascist and Darth Vader and stuff. But like, I thought that was really, really like uh, emotional. And I thought it was really good. I agree with that. I also think that um, the heart of the story that, that is inside of that about, you know, being adopted into this family being regarded as actually truly a daughter and yes. part of this family oh. is such an important and like key part of what makes it so so emotionally gripping and again it's one of the reasons why i'm like when we get to the end i'm like kind of want the conclusion to this it feels like this is a short like give me the whole story yeah, yeah sure um but i agree with you i think like that that's so very it feels so um tangible and real in an emotional way that um some of the like very connectable in a way that not all the shorts necessarily could, yeah. this one is really speaking to something that I think is grabbing at for a lot of people, something that feels very connecting. Um, and I think that's really, really solid. Another thing I want to highlight before I throw it over to Brandon is um, you talk about like just the, the fluid motion and everything. The other thing is this might be some of my favorite environments in all of Visions. Yeah. Um, these mm -hmm. environments on this planet look incredible. Yeah, just yeah. incredible. We open on a great shot of a Star Destroyer coming out of light speed and then going into the planet and we're, we're just kind of like falling. It's really cool. Um, I love the, I really love the idea of, and you guys have already kind of talked about it a little bit and I just want to throw my two cents in the idea that like, it was this girl, it was this girl, it was Ocho who was like, we could, we should, we can adopt her. Let's adopt her. Let's bring her into the family. Like your family now. And the, the dad was not interested in it, but by the end of the short, it's completely switched. Like now the dad sees Lop as a daughter and Ocho doesn't see Lop as a sister. Um, and it's such an interesting dynamic and dichotomy that I, I think the short plays off really well. Well, I think it's one of the advantages of why they made a bunny girl mm. is that Ocho very much has this vibe. Like when she first sees her, that she sees her as a pet. Yes. Oh yeah. Not as a person. Yeah. Like not as a not as a relatable Ooh, like the same as me yeah. kind of being, and so it makes sense that to her, it's very much like so it's so based in like, this is really fluffy and cute, and I want it. I want to have it around. Um, but yeah, when it comes up to the point like far down the line when the years have passed, and she's supposed to look at at her as a sister, she doesn't because like she's never seen her as equal. And I think that's very much there. I think that's how, like, it's the way that it, even in, like, the state of how they meet her and how her father is talking about the situation, how how downtrodden she is, that Ocho's just, like, like gleaming at her, but there's, like, this hunger in her eyes. Like, in that moment, she knows she's going to possess her. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's that's part of it, right? Like, this idea of, like, ownership over her that she feels she should have. Yeah. Um, they are not the same in Ocho's eyes. And I think that's really, really prevalent. It's another reason, again, that I'm like, yeah, just give me the end of that whole yeah. arc. It's so good. Yeah. You've talked about it already, but I really like, one of the things that we talked about as far as like the Ninja Day goes, like in all of these, you've said, you said it really, really, really succinctly that all of these really dive into lightsaber lore and this idea mm -hmm. of like, these lightsabers are, are very important to these stories. Um, 
much uh, here. So not to throw shade at the sequel trilogy, but I never quite understood why Luke's lightsaber was Anakin's lightsaber was so important to the story of, of the sequel trilogy. And because I just, I just never really got that from the mainline canon of star Wars, that lightsabers were this important thing outside of just being a weapon for Jedi. I really like thematically making this kind of, I, I really wish that this kind of, lightsaber lore storytelling was more prevalent in canon star wars because i think that'd be really interesting and would really help uh help kind of make the lightsabers like i've always talked about like what i prefer about star wars is show me a senate scene before show me a senate scene over a lightsaber battle any day i like both but i'll go with the senate scene but like if you if you were to put in this kind of effort to the lightsaber lore, I would be far more endeared to lightsabers than I, than I currently am within Canon, you know? Right. And I think that comes from like, just like different viewpoints of what they were going to do with the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't mind <laughs> real quick. I love the last Jedi. I don't mind Ryan Johnson's decision to have Luke toss it over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. However, I do find it a little bizarre that there's, there's never a story or an acknowledgement for Luke of like, how did this even get here? Like this thing fell down cloud city with <laughs> my hand, hand got chopped the off. last time I saw it. Like, like this is crazy. How does you this guys, end up here? Since real quick, since we were talking about this, do you guys remember that crazy rumor that like, it was going to open with like Luke's like hand, like in floating in space or something weird, or like it was floating <laughs> in like Bespin city and someone's going to go retrieve it. And you would see Luke's hand. And it's like the opening shot of the movie with his lightsaber in his hand or something stupid. I'm like, I'm glad we were. <laughs> well, because like Boss Kanata, I don't want to derail too much, but like no, Boss Kanata says, um, "How'd you?" Well, when asked, "How'd you get this?" And like, it's a story for another time. We never get that story. We have exactly. still yeah. never got that story. Right, and like, and like, I don't even need that story necessarily in the film, but I do think it is unusual for a character such as Luke to have had this, and I do think he did a reverence for not only the first lightsaber he he handled, but the one that was given to him by Obi-Wan Kenobi and the one that belonged to his father. And like, there would be an amount of like, you lost that thing in a fight with your dad on Bespin and someone has just put it in front of you again. I think there would be a little bit more of like, even if you're going to toss it over your shoulder, Look at you're going to come back around on that a little later and be like, like, how did you get this? Like when Ray yeah. has it later in her hand, like how, how, what is how did this get here? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like, what does this mean to you? Like, th- there is an amount of, you could have drawn the strings a little better. So all that to be said, like to your point of what you're saying, yeah, that was an opportunity, I think, to make the lightsaber mean something more. And I feel like, regardless of other decisions I really love about what Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi, that zag didn't really work with the zigs mm-hmm. uh, that were setting it up. Um, anyway... What I really like about the lore here is there's there there's a read you can have, correct or not, that a person, a Jedi, was there at one point with a lightsaber protecting this place and then passed it down to uh, of this family of like people that they trusted, but not necessarily Force-sensitive people. Yeah. And then that when Lob gets it, Lob happens to have been force sensitive and so it means all the more like this connection for her with it you could you could give that read um i'm not going to say that's necessarily correct or wrong because there's also the bit where the father like pushes his hands down and then like the the force seems to bloom up around them so like how force sensitive is he i don't know um uh but i do feel like there's some fun just to be had there i didn't need the answers to those questions that's not my point mm-hmm. um i just think that they left open the right amount of like 
doing something unique with with what they had on the sorry excuse me what they had on the table for star wars uh within the world that they decided to construct once again i'm going to highlight katana blade love mm-hmm. it um and i really i really like the hand the handle on this one uh beautifully rendered um one of the things i love so much about this blade is that it has japanese characters that's one of my favorite it's things in it Mm-hmm. That's incredible. That's, yeah, yeah it's, it was super, super cool. I thought I, I really like that too. I thought that was very, very cool. Um, yeah, this is this is a really nice one. I, I, I really love the dynamic. I love the droid constantly trying to like put the the picture back uh, oh. up front. Oh. This is the one. This is so the twins makes me cry for a completely different reason. This is the one where I cried for like emotional reasons. Like you really hurt me in the heart. Uh, I don't know what's going on outside. I apologize. I can't hear it. it. I pre- I'm glad because there's a car <laughs> farting outside. Um, so <laughs> the um, the 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 droid showing the image at the end, like the waterwork started. This is the like the ye- the little yellow droid, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, the little box. Like, droid. I love again, like seeing so many different cool designs. Like I've never seen that type of droid before. I love it. Love I will it. say, I will say, just a blanket statement across visions all of these different droid designs are awesome. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of different droid designs all over the place. And I think they're all fun. It yeah. I really cool. like when star Wars plays with droid designs. Um, you know, star Wars, I, I talked about it like for like a lot where like every star Wars show has, has introduced almost every star Wars show has intru- or movie has introduced a new different droid. That's, trying to like be r2d2 again but not really r2d2 again and the bad batch always makes me laugh because they just decided to use a gonk droid um gonk droids they're the best i know but like they're just like we're not gonna make a new one it's just a gonk droid um but and like andor even has a has a cute little new droid and he's incredible Um, he's an emo and i so i really like um so I really like that Visions kind of continues that trend of like okay we're just gonna make new droids here we're we're gonna have fun with these designs for sure yeah. Uh, I, I I was checking my notes and I wrote I'm obsessed with this art style. Um, yeah. So that's mm. that's how Again, strongly man, the, this was the crispiest looking one. Like they're all. Oh great, man, this was like an anime ass anime. The, the 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 speeder going through and you see it like the, do the Dom Toretto lift up and then oh, blast yeah. off. Awesome. Um, I really like the admiral we encounter uh, on the bridge. Just oh, just the a green, very, the Joker. Yeah, the yeah, Joker yeah. Guy. Just a good, good admiral design, good performance. Like I was like, yep, that's an imperial admiral who thinks they're the shit for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, really enjoyed that. Another thing I want to spotlight: there's this one bit where we're looking, um, like through the the uh, black and white sto- storytelling pieces as it's scanning from left to right of uh, him talking about the family history, and we get the focus on the. Uh, at the end on the Jedi symbol, but the Jedi symbol is a crane yes! making the symbol oh, in that case. That and I was favorite. like, that's pretty good, y'all. That's yeah. pretty good. It's a new symbol. I love it. Uh, yeah, I like this. I like this one a whole lot. The only thing, I'm not crazy about Ocha's voice actress. I wish they kind of picked a different one, but mm-hmm. I, I I do really, I do, man, I, I really like this short a lot. But as, I, as I've said before, like my only real note is that I'm like, it, this one feels like it should have given me the complete story here. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind a downer of an ending, but I feel like I was left mildly unsatisfied because I didn't get the full story of this family. Give me more. And I probably won't. Yeah. And that that's like, ugh. give me a 300 page book. I'll, I'll read it. I would. I, I haven't. I mean, I, I, this goes for all. This goes for the whole for the whole thing. But like action scenes in this whole show are incredible. 
Um, they're they're all just really fun and really engaging and choreographed so well. And here is no different. There's a lot of emotion in this action scene that I, I that makes it kind of like extra juicy. Um, I, I really like this the the action in this one. This was uh, specifically the, the final action. Those that X slash on her body. Oh, pretty good. I really like that. Love it. Um, oh, between the voice actors, real quickly, the village bride. The actress who plays the village bride is the lead actress in uh, Suzumi. So that was kind of weird going oh. from that to this. Look at sure. that. Yeah. Getting a little extra work. Uh, so we move on. Let's 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 finish the the episode episode nine. The rise of Scott. Close Walker. close the circle. Close the circle. Aka Akakiri. Akakiri. Directed by oh, I did not write this one well. Um, Unyong Choi. Unyoung Choi, written by uh, Yuichiro Kido. Yes. And this is the second one by Science Saru. Right. And the first one was... T.O.B. 1. T.O.B. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So only two production companies did two shorts. Studio Trigger and Science Saru. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, I think this is one of the most unique as far as, like, interpretation. Yes. Yeah, um, uh, uh, I the first thing that I noticed was that the lightsaber has like after effects. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am mm-hmm. always a fan of that. I, I love strobe lights in general. I'm a big rave fan. So like anytime the lightsabers become strobe lights, I'm like, I'm all about it. That's cool. Yeah, I even wrote in my notes. I just really like a katana blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I At least I'm think, consistent. I do think like this one did the most like really reinvention uh, I think it doesn't necessarily just like plant Star Wars and Japanese folklore. It kind of felt like it built a whole other concept of a world while using elements of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be real. Yeah. I think this might be my least favorite. Ooh, your least. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure. We've gone through them all. As we've gone through them, I'm sure I think my ranking has probably changed. But instinctively, that's kind of when I was finishing up my rewatch of this. This is kind of how I felt. Um, and if I really to if I were to like really look at my notes and like really look at these, it's probably not the case. But I really didn't care for this one, and I mostly because it's just this prequel trilogy again. And I just kind of feel like the same way about the elder where I'm like, I'm not really getting anything new here. I hear you. I won't say that you're wrong. What I will say is I feel like in difference to the elder, the elder felt like it entirely just still lived in star Wars. Mm-hmm. Essentially like for all intents and purposes, visually we're only, we're just given star Wars, more star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, this one felt like it created like a whole other planet a whole other like way of of the jedi operating a way of the sith being considered all this kind of stuff while still utilizing like all those ideas and everything Mm -hmm. um i feel like the visual language of the film is a step outside of what a lot of the other shorts have been doing which is you know kind of like either either really living in star wars or blending star wars inside of um Japanese uh, cultural things. And I feel like this just exists a, another step outside of both of those things. Um, right. And that, and that makes it a more appealing piece to me. I'll be honest with you. Like part of what makes it work for me is the, is the, the downer ending of it. And the idea of like, 
you succumb to your force visions. Yes. Like this is a place where you never should have been um, in a position you never should have put yourself in. You knew exactly what you were going to end up doing. Yeah. And like in the action of defying destiny, he so doing. Yeah. That, that is my favorite thing about it. Cause like throughout the episode we're, we're getting the mm. image of like, Oh, he's slashing down someone, but like, it's very, it's blurry. You have no idea what's going on. Then at the end you see, Oh, he's slashing down the lady. And like, in like in that moment before it happens is him saying like, no, I'm not going to let that happen. And then proceeds to literally do the thing that happens mm. in the vision that makes him, yeah. makes him this. And, and not only that, but ends up being the one person he was trying to protect. This also has like one of the most unique art styles. I think like it's very, it's an interesting look. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really like the look of, of our, of Masago, like the Sith Lord. Uh, yes. Uh, radical design. Again, I like, I like the look of all these people, but again, like the, the Sith Lord looks particularly like nuts. But yeah. Um, um, this is the one like, this and another one has similar, but this one has like the cool lightning during the fight, right? At the end. Is that this one or is that the different one? Is that the elder? I think it was this mm. one. It has like cool red lightning during their fight. I think so. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I think it's so. Been, yeah. I even though I watched it yesterday, I also watched all nine of them at once. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Chung is the girl in this one. She's oh, okay. a princess. Uh, right on, right on. And Henry Golding is the Jedi. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, my notes wrote, uh, you got Vader, bro. Uh, yeah, like I got Vader. <laughs> you, got, yeah. you got pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one is like, you know, uh, uh, it is it is a, you know, relatively simple thing. But like, again, like they're, uh, they kind of just, for me, like they just hit it out of the park of like uh, uh, style, uh, uh, you know, more of a look than anything. Uh, again, like, I think the, like the ninth, the ninth Jedi is kind of like, hey, you know, Star Wars, you know, new protagonist, like their Obi-Wan gets killed and they have to venture out like, you know, re poetry, it rhymes like that's what Star Wars is. So like, I don't I don't mind that aspect of it. Um, I It's not my favorite one, but like it has like it has some pretty good action in it. I mean, it's no it's, it's no Village Bride, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually ranking them right now. Mm -hmm. I I really I agree with Ryan like I really like the lightsaber duel because I like the after image on the lightsabers and sure. I really like that like I think what works about about our Sith mm -hmm. in this one is that they know they know like the trap he's walking into um, sure. 100% because they've set it up and they know he's going to fall for it hook line and sinker yeah and like he's so locked into his own idea of defying destiny that he can't he's not surveying the situation he's not he's yep. not really being in tune with the force um and i clouded and that that idea works for me this is one of those ones where like i didn't i don't need more of the story i think it tells the story exactly as much as it needed to and like yeah. it is this just tragic like it's a shakespearean tragedy-esque like story of 100%. like and you did the thing and here you are i did here's the thing your, for you here's your fate <laughs> and i ended up killing there you, you go macbeth yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> go be a Sith now. And and to that end, I'm like, I don't I don't mind a good like tragedy in here. Sure. Uh it's not my least, it's my second least. There you go. There you I'll go. I'll take it. I'll take it. Hey, it's uh, it's not it's it's pretty low for me. I'll yeah. admit that. Um it's not lower than the elder or village bride. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. say probably third last, yeah. But hey, again, like these are all like they all they all got good stuff to them. None of them are yeah. bad. It's kind of like what we talked about when we like we review the John Wick films or where we review like other movies, the Matrix Evil films. Dead. Evil Dead. There's not like the your least is still good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not having like a bad time watching it. Yeah. Because all, again, all these are relatively short. So like the worst experience, like, oh, it's oh, it's over. No big deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh you're in and out so quickly. It's like, okay, well, I'm on to the next one, and the next one's great. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm let me tell you guys, uh, I'm glad we did this. because uh, I I would eventually because I watch everything Star Wars eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad we did because like, <clears throat> man, I got some of my my new favorite Star Wars stuff. Like I really like I, I I wish that ninth Jedi was just like that's that's episode ten. We're just stealing that idea. Yeah, two hundred years in the future, we're just doing it. Um, but that's not the world we live in. But I, I got this. Thank you, Visions. Maybe Shit. one day. Maybe maybe one day I'll be eighty years old. Visions, Volume Two comes out May the fourth. Probably it's out by the time you're watching this. Um, or either a right around it. Yeah. 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 Close yeah. enough. Yeah. Um. Okay. Since I ranked them, I'm going to say what my ranking is. Sure, sure. Uh, so it's the twins, obviously. The Knights Jedi, Lop and Ocho, those could switch. Those could be easily, like, other other places. Tatooine Rhapsody at number four. T.O.B. One at number five. The Duel at number six. Uh, seven, I actually just, I actually said the, the Village Bride. I like enough of what's happening there more than I like in in, in other things, uh, in these in these last two things, specifically with our lead character. I do like her. Sure. Um, I just wish we had more of. I just I wish the story we got wasn't necessarily that, but I like enough of that to put it above the other two. No, I get it. And then Akakira Akakiri at eight, and then the Elder at nine. So yeah, mm-hmm. the Elder's my least favorite. Uh, it's the Ninth Jedi. L- the twins, mm-hmm. Lob and Ocho, mm-hmm. Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, what's what's the the other ones? Sorry, um, Akakiri Village. No, no. Um, Tatooine Rhapsody. Oh, okay. thank you. The duel. The duel is what I was looking for. The duel. Uh, then after the duel is T T O B one, and then uh, Akakiri Village Bride. The Elder. Nice. Uh, I'm not going to rank all of them. My favorite one's the Ninth, the ninth Jedi. And 1, then, and then Lop, Lop, Lop and Ocho. Lop and Ocho. And then, and then the twins, I guess. And then the rest, are, they're all good. They're all good. They're all, they're all good. Probably, probably Tatooine Rhapsody pretty high up there. Pro- probably. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's they're a good all, one. They're all, they all got good, got good stuff. Honestly, I'm actually really surprised at how good Tatooine Rhapsody is. It's a it's a solidly fun one, um, yeah. especially if like you like very anime anime, then you like tight tattooing rhapsody a lot. or punk yeah. rock. Yeah, that helps too. That does. Uh, all right, anything else? Star Wars. I, I continue to find it just so funny that the most light and comical is the one that's like really in the world of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, hanging out Jabba's uh, uh, pod racing palace. Yo, it's Boba Fett and Jabba. Here's yeah. <laughs> what's going on. I like I, I we we didn't say it in that one, but I did also like going back to like the pod race stadium. Yeah, yeah. the boom team. Yeah, did you did you notice that it, there's like a rocks uh, blocking the uh, the the track, meaning that they don't do pod racing anymore? Yeah, just a just a, co- a concert venue now. Yeah. An execution. <laughs> An execution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Concerts come for the concerts, stay for the executions. Exactly. They outlawed po- uh, pod racing, but not uh, executions. No. Yeah. The Emperor Which is King. funny because I guess that would make it truly not canon, or at least like pod racing only temporarily was shut down because the Boonta Eve classic stuff is ramping up in Mandalorian. That's true. Oh, you're right. But they that's go- also like way later. So like they they right. That's why I mean it's like it can be shut down and reopened. Yeah. New management. Yeah. Uh, after Jabba died, Boba Fett brought back Boonta Eve. <laughs> it was that's who it was. It was Boba. Thanks, Boba. <laughs> Boba Fett brought back pod racing. 
He's just a big fan. You know what? what? Here's the thing. If the Book of Boba Fett gets a season two, and it's all about how he brought the community back together by becoming a pod racing manager, 10 out of 10. I don't even care. I don't even care what's happening in the show. Gambling and stuff. Now it's just Fast and Furious on Tatooine with pod racing. Oh shit, I'd watch the shit out of yeah. that. That's what I'm Listen, saying. Sabalba Jr. is out to reclaim his dad's glory. I'd watch Oh my show. god. Oh, stop stop pitching the show. Disney, call us. We have a million dollar idea. <laughs> the little hands. <laughs> we can't pitch anything right now. There's a strike. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> can't be scabbed. It's true. We can't be scabbed. Yeah. Well, Sparks, it's your show, so why don't you take us out? Uh, absolutely. So uh, this this has been a, a really wonderful episode of Animation Station. Do not do not doubt that we will be back for Visions Volume Two. We absolutely will. We'll probably be joined by Ben Magnet, who's I suspect very unhappy that he missed out on the anime Star Wars discussion, but uh, he gave us our blessing. So you know, like we know he's fine with it, but he might cry about it a little later when he <laughs> hears how good it was. Um, so anyway, uh, you can listen to us and him. Uh, all at the Fake Nerd Podcast here on YouTube, or if you're listening on podcasts, then wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, you can go to the Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdpodcast.com, lease all of our other shows. We've been doing all kinds of Star Wars discussions lately. We just talked about Mandalorian Season 3 over on Fake Nerds Watch. We have a archive uh, episode on Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which is our show where we talk about video games for Jedi Fallen Order because of Jedi Survivor being out, and Jedi Survivor, that'll eventually get discussed soon. Um, we talk about all other kinds of uh, genre topics and Star Wars topics. And in the, the near future, the next thing we're doing uh, from when this comes out is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on our main show. We're oh, talking man. about it, so come check it out. Um, probably some more for this sh- channel, Animation Station, for the, specifically for this show. Uh, we've got Visions Volume 2 in the near future. And then we will return to finish up a discussion on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur in the last episodes of that season. Possibly with Brandon as well, I suspect. We'll see. Um so we're going to round that whole season out because we really like that show. Uh, and that's it. So just keep watching the space. Check out everything on Fickner Podcast. You got more, Brandon? Well, I just want to say real quickly, because um, I worked hard on it. Um, the website is now up to date completely. It is working again. Uh, the website, if you go to the Fickner family uh, tab on the website, uh, you can now find links to The Real Score, which is our newest show. Yeah, yeah. And Love Conversation it. 2 uh, also is in its season two. So check oh, yeah. that out. Um, Brandon does a great job uh, talking with guests over on that show about fandom and all kinds of things. And he mentioned the real score, the real scores out there where we're talking about film scores. So if you like that, please go check that out. Um, I think I've covered all our shows that are currently running. We talk about comics. That's sometimes a book club. It's mostly in the podcast right now. Go check all that out. All right. Uh, so until then, Ryan, where can they find you? Hey, you could find me uh, just having more visions about Star Wars at DJ Tony Snark 616. Excited for season two. Brandon? Oh, uh, you can find me uh, playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor for another hour before I have to go to bed. Um, at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for CBR.com, AtomicGeekdom.com, and KaijuRamenMedia.com. Um, I'm also now part of Kaiju Weekly live stream every Sunday. Well, not probably not this Sunday. They're going to a convention. They left me. Well. Them, them's the breaks, kid. Yeah, well, oh well. <laughs>
Uh, you can also potentially find Brandon maybe uh, getting into some Star Wars on Fortnite. I'm going to work uh, real hard to make him do it. All right. And you can find me finding out what color lightsaber I get when I grab the handle at SparksWitty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And until then, friends, when we see you next time, we are now departing. Choo-choo!